gone for about a month. Of course, Ruth, you remember, is the one that brought Anne to the Lord, and, and uh, then Anne was baptized last month, and, um, and uh, Ruth is back east right now with her son and might be there for quite a while. Uh, as he has some needs. But anyhow, pray for those that are missing. Good to see you today. But Psalm chapter 73, Psalm 73 and verse 1. Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore, pride compassed them about like as a chain. Violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness, and they have more than heart could wish. They are corrupt and speak wickedly. Concerning oppression, they speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens, and their tongue walketh through the earth. Therefore, his people return hither, and waters of a full cup are wrung out to them. And they say, How doth God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. For all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. If I say I will speak thus, behold, it should offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Anybody ever feel like the psalmist as you read those first 16 verses? seems like everybody that's doing wrong is getting by just fine. It seems like those who are trying to do right are not, are not getting anywhere. It seems like it doesn't pay to be right or to serve the Lord or to do what's right. And let me just remind you, I didn't read the whole chapter. And we'll read the rest of it here in a little bit. But let's pray first. Lord, we thank you for your word and thank you for opportunity now to open it and to read it and to learn from it. And we ask that you would guide and direct what's done and said and that your Holy Spirit would have uh, movement and reign in our hearts and minds today and that uh, the gospel would be heard and understood if anyone is not a Christian, not a born-again believer, that they would be born again, that they would understand the salvation message of the gospel and, and their need for it. And the rest of us who are already received that, we've already been born again, and that you would remind us and show us and encourage us with things that we need to remember from your word. We ask that you would speak today in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> You know, when it comes to Thanksgiving, uh, I saw a comic the other day, and it was uh, an atheist Thanksgiving. And, it, and these people were gathered around a table, and there was a turkey in the middle, and it said something like this, Lord, or say, excuse me, for, to the blob who involved into a turkey, we thank thee. Um, and, uh, and that's true. I mean, there is no Lord, there is no God, there is no creator uh, when you're an atheist, an evolutionist. And so who do you give thanks to? Who, who are you thankful to or for? And so many people today, and you'll see it as, as we get closer to the Thanksgiving holiday, many people can only be thankful for temporal things, temporary things. And uh, they'll give thanks, but it, whatever they say, whatever comes out of their mouth will be something temporary, something that is just something fleeting for a while. For instance, health. <clears throat> health. Health is a big one. And every one of us in here, whether we like it or not, are getting older. As a matter of fact, we're getting closer to the day of our death than we'd ever been. And uh, because we live in Custer, South Dakota, where everyone comes after you're done living, we see a lot of that dying and getting older. It just happens. The average age of our county is older than average. And uh, I'm still considered a young guy around here. And, uh, and I've entered into the 50s category. But 
some of you are almost twice that old. I'm not saying any names, but anyhow. I have a friend, uh, a pastor friend. I'm acquainted with him, not super well, but I was with him a few years ago over in Wyoming. And uh, when Wilma and I recorded that CD, he happened to be at that recording area where the church was at that had that studio. And uh, his name is uh, Arby Olette. And uh, this week, uh, after a long time of, of throat cancer, this, he's, he was a pastor in uh, Saginaw, uh, Bridgeport, Michigan for years and, and, uh, and now travels and preaches all over. And a uh, real deep voice and, and a uh, good singer and uh, a good preacher. And I've preached, I've stolen some of his sermons and preached them. Uh, but he's had cancer in his throat for several uh, months now. And I think it was Thursday morning, uh, his voice box was removed. And, um, of course, he knew it was coming and, and uh, was uh, aware of this tragedy in his life, this, this setback that he was going to have. And, and uh, so he was not devastated on Thursday. He had known about it this for quite a while. But can you imagine being a preacher and not having a voice box? Um, and you, you still have a voice, but certainly not the healthy voice you used to have as they plug in some kind of operate battery operator something and he'll talk probably like a robot from now on he won't sing like he used to many people can only be thankful for temporary things though see if you're not a christian if you're not a born-again believer that's all you can be thankful for is the temporary and unfortunately a lot of us not like brother olette but a lot of us it's almost like we're mad at god when we lose our health now, did you, did you think to praise him and, and thank him for all the health he gave you that you didn't, you didn't earn your health? You didn't earn your body that you were born with. And so health and, and then wealth. Whether you like it or not, wealth is fleeting in this world. Jesus said, don't lay up treasure on the earth where moth and rust can corrupt and thieves can break through and steal it. And they're stealing it. I mean, not just the small-time, you know, people who, who are criminals and rob people on the street, but there's big-time corporate stealing and government stealing. And every time they print another dollar, they're stealing the value of the dollar you had in your pocket. There's lots of stealing that goes on. And wealth is fleeting, and wealth is, is something that Jesus said, lay up for your treasure in heaven and, er, on, in heaven. Let for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth or rust can corrupt and thieves cannot break through and steal. I wonder if someone got advice about their finances 10 or 15 years ago. And it seemed like good advice back then, but things have changed. And it seems to be fleeting. Another one that can be temporal without Christ is family. I'm sorry this is very negative at the beginning, but it will get positive if if you hang with me here. But family, you can lose family members. We all know that. And friends, friends. And then there's one more, freedom. That can also be temporary. Most people are only thankful for temporal things. But if you're a believer, it doesn't have to be that way. 
So as we read and we read about these people who seem to be getting away with things and seem to be fat and, and wealthy and, and they, they don't even believe in God and, 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 and on and on we can go. And he said here in verse 14, for all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. If I say I will speak thus, if I'll complain and grumble and gripe and, 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 and have a negative spirit towards what's happened to me, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. I'll be offensive to the other believers in God. If I were to say negative things that are on my heart right now, when I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Maybe you feel like that. Maybe you're feeling like that right now. Maybe you've, you walked in here saying, I don't know what to be thankful for. And, and, uh, and what comes out of your mouth is certainly going to actually sound like a curse against God. That's what happened with Job. When God took every, or allowed Satan to take everything from Job, Job's wife said, just curse God and die. Thankfully, Job said, no, I can't. I can't do that. Must have been a real hurt to his own heart to hear his wife say that, though. But verse 17 of Psalm 73 says, until, until I went into the sanctuary of God. Until I went into the sanctuary of God. It's good to meet together for church because in church, if you're going to a Bible-believing church, they're going to open the Bible and we're going to open up the scriptures and remind ourselves what God's word says. See, the truth is only the believer can be thankful for something we call eternity. If you're not a believer, eternity is a horrible, horrifying thing for you. Because for a believer, eternity is heaven. So then for the unbeliever, the eternity is hell. But if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and you have been born again, you're saved and you know it, you can be thankful for eternity. Let me just give you some things that are eternal. First of all, eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. John chapter 10, verse 10, it's in our bulletin today. It says, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come, Jesus said, that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Can I tell you something? I don't just have life. I am enjoying abundant life. People who are just living are really on their way to dying. But if you are born again, you have eternal life. You have life more abundantly and that more abundantly is the ability to lay up treasure in heaven the ability of knowing that one day this is not all there is and one day I am going finally to my home where I have been planning to go for years and one day I will be there Jesus said in verse 28 of John 10 and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. I have the guarantee from Jesus that I have eternal life, not just a good life or a better life or a life of a thousand years, although that would be nice, but eternal life in a world better than this one. 1 John chapter 5 gives us some wonderful assurance verses as it says in chapter 5 and verse 11, and this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. You can't have this eternal life without the Son of God, Jesus Christ. In verse 12, he that hath the Son hath life. If you're here today and you do not have the Son, you don't really know what living is. You don't really have life. You're on your way to death. 
He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that you have eternal life. We sing a song in our hymnal called Blessed Assurance. Blessed Assurance. The assurance. Other religions will tell you, you've got to keep doing in order to be saved. You've got to keep You've got to, don't, don't stop going to church. You need to do that. Don't forget this sacrament over here. And don't, listen, eternal life is a blessed assurance. I'm so thankful it's not based on my performance. It's not based on anything I can do. It's not something I earn. It's, it's a gift from God. It's eternal life, the gift of God. But not only that, not only do I have eternal life, it would be kind of a lousy thing if it didn't come with eternal forgiveness. Imagine a thousand years from now, God all of a sudden bringing up your record. And you had to live for a thousand or a million years with your guilt. So it's awesome that we not only have eternal life when we're born again, but we have God's eternal forgiveness. First John, this time chapter 1 and verse 7. First John chapter 1 again and verse 7, it says, but we walk in the light as he is in the light, and we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. We sang a minute ago, complete in thee. Why? Thy blood hath pardon bought for me. The blood of Christ is what gives me pardon. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Psalm 136 is an awesome chapter we won't go to it right now but psalm 136 has a phrase it has a statement and then it says for his mercy endureth forever and then it has another positive statement and it says for his mercy endureth forever and then you read another verse and it says and his mercy endureth forever the entire chapter is ends with and his mercy endureth forever and his mercy endureth forever you know how long i need god's mercy to endure forever why because you're looking at a sinner you're looking at someone who needs the mercy of god God's eternal forgiveness. You're not just forgiven for a while. It's eternal. I think some of us are going to get to heaven and be shocked because we're not aware of what the Bible teaches. No, it's forgiven. It's forgotten. It's possible that maybe someone will be saved but not aware of the forgiveness and the awesomeness of God's forgiveness and they get to heaven thinking that finally they're going to be reprimanded only to find out that God's already forgiven and forgotten it. Hebrews 8 verse 12 says, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. He says in Psalms, As far as the east is from the west, so far have I removed their transgressions from me, buried in the depths of the deepest sea. Is God's eternal forgiveness. I like that song. What sins are you talking about? I don't remember them anymore. From the book of life, they've all been cast out, blotted out. I don't remember them anymore. I'm so thankful that I have not only eternal life, but along with it, God's eternal forgiveness. See, it doesn't matter how healthy you are right now and how wealthy you are right now. If you don't have that, you don't have much. Because this world's fleeting. There's, there's someone in here that's over 90 years old. You couldn't tell it because they, they're pretty good health and they, they walked in under their own power. It's not me. I already told you how old I am. But I'm going to tell you something. If you were to go to that person and ask them, <clears throat> has it been a long time? 
it just goes fast. Some of us are not near 90. We're like, wow, what, what happened? I used to hold these little kids in my arms, and now they're big enough to pick me up. What happened? And it's awesome to know that this is not all there is. And that we have God's eternal forgiveness, and along with that, we have God's eternal presence. God's eternal presence. I wouldn't want to go to heaven if God wasn't going to be there. But you know what? The Bible says, I have God with me right now. Hebrews 13, verse 5 says, let your conversation, that's your lifestyle, your whole life, be without covetousness. And be content with such things as ye have, for he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Verse 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I have God's eternal presence. When Jesus was about to leave the earth at the end of the book of Matthew, he said in verse 18 through 20 of Matthew 28, he said, Go into all the world and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. It doesn't matter if you were thrown in prison right now for something you did or didn't do. It doesn't matter if someone were to lock you up and put you in a dungeon. You cannot get away from the presence of God. There were people in the Bible that were thrown in lion's dens, but God was there. There were people that were thrown into fiery furnaces, but Jesus was there. I'm so thankful that as a believer, I not only have eternal life, I not only have eternal forgiveness, but I also have his eternal presence. There is no time in my life or place where God is not there. Praise God. And because of that, I have eternal access. Hebrews chapter number 4 and verse number 14 of Hebrews 4. It says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Jesus left this earth alive, by the way. He rose again and left this earth alive 40 days later. Seeing then that we have a great high priest, Jesus, the Son of God, sitting in the heavens, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Jesus, our high priest. I know there are people in certain religions who think they still have to have a human priest, and they try to go to them once a week, or they try to communicate with them or call on them when they have a need. Listen, I do the same thing, but he's not here on earth. He's in heaven, and I have him as my ever-present eternal high priest. I have access to God at any time because he is there and he's there for me. And not only that, but when I go to him, he understands because he used to be human. He was human on this earth. He walked among us. He knew what, and he knows what it's like to walk in this earth and understand pain and to have a body. He understands me. Verse 16 says, because of that, let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Philippians 4.19 says, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. My God is ever available to supply my need. I'm so thankful that I can go to my high priest with my needs. Used to be I used to go to my dad for needs. 
one day my dad will pass away. I'll not be able to go to him for anything. I, I might have gone to <clears throat> grandparents or family or friends for a need, and that's a blessing, but you know, those, those can pass away, but he will not pass away. I can go to him at any time and access him for his ability to meet my need. He's ever living to make intercession for me, and he, I have eternal access to him. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ, the love of God. Not only do we have eternal access, but we also have his eternal word. Another Thanksgiving passage is Psalm 100. And in Psalm 100, it says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he, he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. Let me say that again. He made us. We didn't make ourselves. I don't believe in evolution, and I don't believe, I don't believe in any other explanation for the origins of life other than God himself. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. We're just sheep. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Thanksgiving Eve service. What in the world do you want to do that for? I'll tell you why. Because he's my God. He's the reason why there's a holiday called Thanksgiving. Believe it or not, it wasn't for football. It wasn't really for Turkey. It was to give honor and thanks to God for what he's done for us and to meet and to praise God together collectively. Be thankful unto him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth, there's my point, his truth endureth to all generations. Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away but my words will not pass away. I'm so thankful for his eternal word. If you hang around here long enough, you're going to find out that this is what makes Pastor Matt tick. This is what I believe in. This is why I do what I do. This really is the final authority. Now, I'm not saying I'm perfect because there's times I don't follow this, but I'm telling you right now, this is my rule of thumb. This is my standard. This is it. Not just carrying it under my arm. No, but reading it. And not just on Sunday, but every day of the week. Because it, I believe it is God's word. And it will last for eternity. Satan has told a big lie about how that, you know, we've lost God's word. And all we have is the, the closest rendition of God's word today. And all these different translations and versions say different things. for. Listen to me. God's word, he said, it will not pass away. Good grief. All you got to do is think a little bit. If God puts a huge premium on his word, in fact, in Psalms it said he magnifies his word above his name. If God puts a huge premium on his very word, guess who doesn't like it? Guess who's anti-word? Guess who, guess who has made a career out of carbon copying what God has done? Satan. Don't think for a minute that Satan doesn't try to come up with something that looks close to what God did. He's always done that. Is it just a coincidence in Acts chapter 8, we talked about last week, that one verse is missing, the verse that says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ with all your heart. Because that's the verse that's most important concerning the gospel and understanding salvation. His word is eternal. At Mountain View Baptist Church, if we start, if we start having better music, that wouldn't be too hard. 
if we start having nicer furniture, if we start having even bigger crowds and bigger buildings, and we even get a much better preacher, but we don't have the Bible, you might as well shut it down. This is what it's all about. We don't really need the furniture. We don't even need the building. But we have to have his eternal word. Otherwise, we're not going to be what we are. I hope you appreciate his eternal word. And then one more thing. A believer can be thankful for eternity because of eternal life, eternal forgiveness, eternal presence of God, eternal access to God, eternal word of God. And also we have something else. We have an eternal family. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 and 15, it talks about the whole family of whom in heaven and earth is named. The whole family of God, the, the family in heaven and the family on earth are named this one name, the family of God. We have an eternal family if we're believers. We, uh, we have some of our family in heaven and some of my family here. I think about Tom May, Robin's dad. He's been in heaven for several years now. Before we got to move into this building, he was in heaven. He was in the building before it was finished, but he died before it was finished. But he's been in heaven all this time. He's still part of the family. I love what Jesus said. He said, don't, don't say, he said, think about this. In the Old Testament, God told Moses, I am the God of Abraham, I am the God of Isaac, and I am the God of Jacob. But when he told Moses that, Abraham had been dead for hundreds of years. Jesus said, God did not say, I used to be the God of Abraham, and I used to be the God of Isaac. God is the I am God. You know why? Because God is still the God of Tom May. God is still the God of Karen Adams. God is still the God of Don Hennings. God is still the God of Cassandra McMillan. Just like he's my God, he's still their God. He's still the God of Abraham and he's my God. Because why? We're one family. And right now we might be separated from some of our family members, but we're all sitting in the presence of the same God. I have an eternal family. Hebrews chapter number 12 is another passage I I enjoy. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 22, it says this, But ye are come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. That's the Jerusalem I'm looking forward to going to, the heavenly. Verse 23, To the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are written in heaven. See, when when you are born again, your name's are permanently written in the Lamb's book of life. And to the God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. Let me ask you, is your name written in the book of life? Is it permanently sealed not to be blotted out? If you are saved, you are a part of the family of God. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. That's, that's the believer's song. I have an eternal family. My dad used to say, concerning Christians who don't get along, you better get along. You're going to be stuck with each other in eternity. That makes sense. 
We better, we better learn to get along and appreciate and understand and love one another in spite of differences. Eternal family. You know why I bring that one up? Because I realize there's probably people in here, you love your family dearly and they are important to you. And yet if you are not saved or they are not saved, you will not have an eternal family. Some people say, family's everything. But what if it's not eternal? You say, well, how can I enjoy heaven if my family members aren't there? Well, the Bible says God will wipe all tears from their eyes. If God can erase my sin and forgive me, he can erase my memory of negative as well. I couldn't enjoy heaven either if I had to think about my unsaved relatives who weren't there. And I do believe that the only way God can wipe all tears from your eyes is to erase the memory of the lost. That's why they're called lost. And when something on my computer is lost, the memory is gone. But if you, on the other hand, maybe you don't have a very good family memory. There's some in here like that too. You never really experienced family like you would have liked. (laughs) Through salvation, you have a family. I remember a few years ago, when uh, that thing was going on, what did they call that? Um, something 19. And, um, and we, we said, okay, we're trying to use common sense here, so we won't do our handshaking time. You know, you know where we'll sing, and we'll just go around and we'll just say, how you doing? How you doing? That didn't last very long. I looked out, and there's Gene and Larry, and they're hugging everybody. It's like, good grief. You know why? Here's why. Here's why. We, we are their family. And because they are saved and I'm saved, we are stuck with each other forever. Forever. What God did is he put a temporary thing called church to give us an understanding of what family is. And the local church is just kind of a little snippet of what it's going to be like up there. And when we get there, we're going to just hug our family. And we're going to get to enjoy our family again. The ones that we haven't seen for a while. I'm so thankful for that wonderful thing called the eternal family. For those who never had one, you'll get one. You already have one if you're saved. For those who have one, you understand the blessedness of family and the importance of eternal family. Appreciate the testimony of Arbiolet because even though he was losing his voice, which is huge, he was not losing his family. He was not losing his eternal family. And I can't help but then go back to Psalm 73 and look at something again here as we read the last of the chapter because as you can see, the psalmist is pretty frustrated. He's really, he's really kind of griping. He said, I don't even want to say it out loud because I don't want other people to be influenced by my negative spirit, but I'm just so I'm frustrated and angry at the wicked and what they get and what they're not getting that I think they deserve. And, and they don't even care about God. And it seems like this is so 
He says in verse 3, I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. <laughs> I hope you're getting the understanding that this world's temporary. And here's what I want to tell you. Nobody is getting away with anything. It might seem like it, but it's not the case. So let's pick it up. Psalm 73 and verse 17. I was frustrated until verse 17, it says, until I went into the sanctuary of God. What's in the sanctuary of God? The word of God. And when I went into the sanctuary of God and I started to understand, it says, then understood I their end. When I hear in the news and I see all kinds of craziness and, and you and I in this country in this time and period of, of, of existence, it's one of the most insane times, I think. But I don't think we're exclusive. I think they probably had insane times during, during the Roman era, especially towards the end. It's just baffling. The decisions that are made and the things and the, the things that are called good and the things that are called bad and how it seems to be opposite. Until I understood their end. Surely thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou castest them down unto destruction. How are they brought into a desolation as unto a moment, as in a moment? In one moment they're brought to desolation. They are utterly consumed with terrors. As a dream when one waketh, so, O Lord, when thou wakest, thou shalt despise their image. Thus my heart was grieved and I was pricked in my reign. So foolish was I and ignorant. I was a beast as a beast before thee. I was ashamed of myself because I had been thinking so human, so carnally, so temporarily like an animal. I wasn't thinking like a believer. I was ashamed of myself. I was thinking like a beast. I wasn't seeing the big picture. I was allowing their world and their interpretation of life to influence me. Verse 23, nevertheless, I am continually with thee. He is continually with me. What a, what, a, what a blessed assurance that God is with me. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. I hope you, you get to the place where you are so dependent and so broken down that you're like a little toddler wanting to hold somebody's hand because that is a good place for you to be. And how many of adults in here and grandparents in here would love for somebody to grab onto your hand again? Don't you miss that? My son is going to be here. My oldest is going to be here next week. He's, he's big as I am and stronger than I am. I don't necessarily want him to hold my hand again now. That'd look a little weird. But I miss the days when I'd say, come on, now hold my hand. And he would hold because that. And our God wants us to become dependent on him. Thou hast hold me by my right hand, verse 24. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel and afterward receive me to glory. He guides me. If you look at anything that I have done or have decided or what I have, let me tell you right now, I had a guide. It's not because I'm smart. It's not because I got anything accomplished in my own ability. It's because I followed the guide. And afterward, he'll receive me in glory. Verse 25 and 26, Who am I, have I in heaven that, but thee? 
and there is none upon earth that I desire besides thee. Verse 26, my flesh and my heart faileth. And there are people in this room that can say amen to that. My flesh and my heart are failing. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And verse 27 says, For lo, they that are far from thee shall perish, and thou hast destroyed all them that go whoring from thee. But it is good for me to draw near to God. Let me encourage you today to draw near to God. It is good for you to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God. If you do not yet trust him with all your heart, you need to be born again. You need to be saved. It is good for you to draw near to God. I'm glad that you came to church today. But if you have not yet drawn near to God, if you do not know him as your personal Lord and Savior, and you can say without a doubt, if I died right now, Pastor, I'd be in heaven, and I know it because I am born again and I am saved. If you can't say that, I'm going to encourage you, you need to draw, draw near to God. Maybe you are saved, but you've gotten away from God and you've backslidden from where you used to be and you're not close to the Lord like you used to be. You need to draw near to God. Draw nigh to God. He'll draw nigh to you, the Bible says. Draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord that I may declare all thy works. Do you declare God's goodness in your life? Yesterday there was someone here and we were talking about something uh, going on on around the property and this person's new to the area and and I said, here, I'm going to give you this and try to get that tract into their hand. It just has the gospel of salvation, how to be born again, the the Bible verses. And we started to talk. I said, hey, you're welcome to come anytime. Please do. And, and, uh, and, And by the way, what I gave you is about heaven. It's about how you can know for sure when you die, you'll go to heaven. Look, I'm trying to do that everywhere I go. I try to leave a tract with someone. If I, if I eat somewhere, I always leave a tip and I make sure there's a tract with the money. I never leave a tract without the money. That would be bad. But make sure that there's a decent tip with a tract of the gospel plan of salvation and then to talk to people, not just leave them something to read, but to talk to them when I will declare. So R.B. Was going to have his surgery at seven thirty in the morning, and they were going to cut out his voice box. He was supposed to check in the night before, and so he went to the hospital there, with the surgery center about five thirty at night. And there was a receptionist there to receive Brother Led, and so uh, I think her name was Annie. And she was checking him in and processing him so he could go to his room and stay the night. He said, "Annie, my name is Arbiolette." He said, tomorrow they're going to cut out my voice box. I'm a preacher. I preach the gospel everywhere I go. He said, you're probably one of the last people I'm going to talk to. And I want to tell you how to be saved. I want to tell you how you can receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. Would you let me? I don't have many people to talk to. They're literally taking my voice out tomorrow. Would you let me share with you how to be born again? She said, sure. And so he told her how that we're all sinners. And the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And those of us who will put our faith and trust in him, that if if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Annie, have you ever been saved? She said, no. Annie, would you like to be saved? She said, yes. And the night before they cut out his voice, He used it to tell one more person how to be saved and how to go to heaven. 
That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's what the job is. That's our that's that's the one expectation God has of us who are born again believers is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with someone else. And maybe you don't know Christ as your Savior, and if not, I'm gonna tell you right now, according to the Bible, you will die and go to hell instead of heaven. That's not what we want. That's certainly not what God wants. You need, if you're hearing and understanding, you need to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. And if you are saved, you need to do like Arbiolette, and you need to share it with everybody you can for as long as you can. But lastly, let me say this. <clears throat> because of eternity, remember, remember our five things, how that people only are thankful for temporary things, health and wealth and family and friends and freedom and how that those things are temporary, guess what? If you're a Christian because of eternity, you really lose nothing. Because I have a banking account in heaven. And when I get there, I sure hope I'm richer up there than I am down here. Because I know what I got down here. And I hope you are richer up there than you are down here. I hope your emphasis is on laying up treasure where you're going than where you are. Because up there, they don't tax it. And they can't steal it. And no one, no one has ever lost any of it up there. Health can't be taken away. I've never stood up and looked up at Ron Mose, but one day I'm going to. One day he's going to come stand, stand in front of me. I'm like, whoa. Why? New legs, new body. Health, wealth, family. Some of us haven't seen our loved ones for several years. If you have eternal life, you have an eternal family. Friends. Looking forward to seeing some of those friends. And freedom. It's going to last longer than the 200 plus years we've had it down here. It's eternal. See, at Thanksgiving time, I don't just have to think of temporary things to be thankful for. I get to think of eternal things to be thankful for. If you're a born-again believer, you can too. Let's pray and we'll be dismissed today with our heads bowed.